We've been, uh, we've been talking about giving. We've been talking about the series called The Art of Giving. We've been talking about what it means when we give to God. You know, so many times we, we don't like talking about money in the church because we feel like it's a little bit of a taboo subject. It's like, you know, suddenly like the preacher starts talking about money and he's like one of those like, you know, money-hungry preachers that tells everyone that you need to give, you need to give, you need to give, you know? Like if I start wearing a white suit next week, okay, then, okay, I need to calm down a little. Uh, not only is today the end of our Art of Giving series, but also today is the sewing day for our spring sewing project, which is super exciting. It's super exciting on the opportunity that we have to, to invest into the church, into the future of the church. And so we look forward to seeing what God has planned for tonight. We started this series with this idea that when we give, that when we give our finances to God, that it's not just about giving our leftovers to God. And we started with the line that, that when we give, giving is an act of worship. It's not just whatever coins I've got left over in my pocket, but actually when we give, we are worshiping God. The week after, we, we talked about that, that the act of giving was, was an act of obedience. That when we give, that we're obeying what God has commanded us to do. Last week, we talked about when we give, that it's an act of trust. It's an act of trust. That when we give up what's in our hands, we're determining who we really trust with our lives. And tonight, I want to finish with this line, giving is an act of sowing. Everyone say, sowing, sowing. Now, we don't do much gardening in our generation. Uh, m- most of us don't even have a garden to start off with. And so, when we talk about gardening or farming, they're very foreign concepts to us. But if you kind of try to use your imagination and go back to where our ancestors all came from. Uh, gardening and farming was, was their livelihood. It was their livelihood. It's how they lived their life. Um, you had land and you would farm that land. You would go and you would uh, sow seed and then you would grow the seed and then you would take whatever grows off those seeds and you take that to the market and you sell it or you barter and then you get what you need to live and survive as a family, right? That's what our ancestors used to do. That's what, you know, humanity used to do. And still, even today, there are, you know, especially in Australia anyway, like there are millions of acres of farms, right, that still operate. Farmers would invest their whole life into their crop because that's how they lived. That's how important the seed and the crop was. And as much as we are not farmers ourselves, uh, we can all uh, use this idea of sowing into our own lives because as much as we're not farmers, we're all investors. Right? And I want to use these two words interchangeably tonight, sowing and investing. Okay? I believe the biblical word sowing can be used alongside this modern, this modern term of investing because 
Like the farmer who sows his seeds, they invest their whole life into these seeds, their livelihood, their wealth, their finance into these seeds. We ourselves invest seeds into the things that matter to us. Every single one of us, we invest. We invest our finances, we invest our time, and we invest our energy into the things that are important to us. For some of us, it's our money. We sow these dollars into investments like housing, into shares and stocks. Uh, some of us into clothing that makes us look good, uh, into buying good food. For some of us, it's travel so that we can feel good. It's all investing. It's all sowing into the important areas of our lives. Because the bottom line is, if it's important, we invest. Let me say that again. If it's important, we sow. If it's important, then we sow. It's like going to the gym, getting an education, having meals with our family and friends. We are investing or sowing into the things that are important in our lives. We are all sowing seeds. And when we give to God, it's exactly the same. When we give to God, we are sowing seeds. Now, uh, last year, uh, KJ, our, our finance uh, ministry uh, leader, he really challenged me uh, about this idea of sowing seeds. Now, last year, towards the end of the year, we were not hitting budget for our church. We were under by a fair bit. And so when we came into this year's budget, we knew we needed to make adjustments. We needed to cut back. We needed to, you know, make some pluses, go into minuses and all that. And in my mind, I was looking at the budget thinking, okay, where do we cut? What ministries don't need that money anymore? Who's not important anymore? You know, where are we slashing these, where are we making these adjustments so that we can make the budget work? And that was the way that I was thinking. But KJ showed me this brand new principle. And, and I'm serious. I've only learned this principle about a year ago, right? This principle of sowing. It wasn't a question of how much money can we save. It was a question of with the money that we have, where do we want to sow? Where do we want to invest? It wasn't about who can go without the money, who doesn't need the money. It was about of it was about prayerfully asking God, where do we take even the little that we have and where do we invest it? Where do we sow it into the life of the church? And that's how we've gone. And you know, it's it's a complete different paradigm shift. It's a, it's a different way of thinking about money in the church. You know, when we, see that, when we see our giving as obligation or duty, when the dollars and cents that we, be, become, uh, that, that we give become precious to us, it becomes a chore and it becomes not very joyful and it becomes something that we don't gain from. It's like we're losing. But when we see that giving is actually investing or sowing, then we don't, we don't focus on what we have to give up but we start to see the things that we can gain, the things that God is sowing into, the things that are important enough to us that would be worth investing into. Now, I want to take this 
uh, idea of sowing and reaping. And I want to share with us uh, from the Bible three, the most basic principles of sowing and reaping of what the Bible says to us about this idea, okay? And, and as we go through these, not only are we going to talk about it within the financial context of giving to God, but in your own life, I promise you, they are so simple. They're so simple that you'll be like, oh, that's so obvious. But if you start to really understand and apply them, you'll see what God is doing, okay? So number one, basic principle of sowing is this. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Reap means harvest. It means to take back, right? You reap what you sow. Galatians 6, 7. That's where we're going to begin. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whatever seed you plant, that is what you should be expecting. Right? It's so simple, right? If you plant an apple seed, then you should expect an apple plant. If you, you know, put in a lemon seed, you should expect a lemon plant. Now, let's, 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 let me give it to you on the flip side. If you plant an apple seed, there is no way you are going to get a lemon plant. It's impossible, right? Unless someone's done something funny to your seeds, Right? You cannot, it is impossible to reap a harvest of something that you did not plant, right? As I said, it seems so obvious, and yet, when we take this same principle and even look in our own lives, sometimes we see the impossible in our own brains. It's like saying, I want to lose weight without sowing any seeds in that direction, without dieting, without changing your lifestyle, without exercising, and you suddenly just want to lose weight. Let me tell you, some of you, you've thought this before. I have. I thought if I just think it, maybe it will just happen, right? Why would that be? Why would it suddenly change, right? If we don't sow or invest into these areas, why would we think that there would be something to harvest out of them? You know, some of us, right, we genuinely love God. We genuinely love the church. And we want to see the church grow and flourish. We want to believe that God will look after us and that our security and our significance would not be found in the mighty dollar, but would be found in the mighty God. And yet, when we look at our lives, there is no sowing, there is no investment into God at all. And yet we go, yes, I will become closer to God. You don't spend time with God. You don't talk to God. You don't have a relationship with God. You hardly come to church and you're suddenly like, yes, I'm going to become, you know, closer to God. That's ridiculous. That's insane. And yet it happens. We sow into the areas that we want to reap a harvest in areas that are important to us. So if that's the case, what is, what are we asking then? It's asking the question, what's important to you? What's important to you? Think about your own life right now, right? What's, whatever's important to you, 
you sow seeds in that area. You're already doing it. This is not something that you go home and you think about it. You're already doing it right now, right? If people are important, then you're hanging out with people throughout the week. You're like meeting people for lunch, for breakfast, for brunch, for, for brina, for, you know, whatever meal. I know people are like, brina, what's brina? Brina's lunch. You get it? Between, anyway. You know, if, 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 if you find that health is important to you, right, what are you investing into? Right, going to the gym, okay, not going to breakfast, lunch, dinner, brinner, all of them. You know, like you, we're already investing. And so the question isn't, are you investing? The question is, what are you investing into? You reap what you sow. Where you sow your seed, where you invest, that's where you will harvest. Okay? Second concept of biblical sowing is you reap after you sow. You reap. After you sow. This seems as logical as it gets, right? You've got to plant the seed and then you can reap the fruit. You've got to make the investment before you gain the reward out of that investment. John 12, 24. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. You can't reap before you sow. Do you know what? Do you know how funny that is? That's like a farmer, right? Going out to his farm, looking at the land, waiting for the corn to grow. But he has not planted any corn. How long do you think the, plant, the farmer will need to wait until the corn comes out? The answer is the farmer will die before, first before the corn comes. It's impossible. It's impossible. You've got to plant the seed. You've got to make the investment, and then you will reap the harvest. Some of us expect God to do things in our lives before we even move. It's like... You know, like, you know, like that, that whole farmer, right? That whole farmer idea, like the farmer standing there looking at the yard going, I wonder why my corn's not growing because, you know, we're like that sometimes with God. Sometimes we expect suddenly these miracles to just turn up and, and we haven't even planted a seed. We haven't even made an investment, right? It's like someone saying, I'm going to go do something big with this harvest. You know, when this corn comes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to then invest that into something bigger and better. You know, when God gives me this great job, when, when, when I earn more than what I'm earning now, I'm going to then do big things for God. You know what that is? That's waiting for a harvest to happen before you've even planted the seed. I've heard this before. You know what, Steve? I'll tithe when I have more money because I just don't have money now. You know the reality of that is you will not tithe Later, if you don't tithe now, you will not gain a harvest later because you are not, you're not sowing seeds now. And then suddenly you expect God to do something crazy. It's like, are you insane? Are you insane? If you don't sow now, it doesn't matter what it is, you will never reap. The call is for us to be actively sowing, actively sowing. Third principle of biblical sowing is this, you reap more than you sow. You reap more than you sow. 
Jesus tells a story, the parable of the sower. Talks about the, the farmer that, that throws seeds into four different places. And then the last place that it lands on is the good soil. The good soil. And what does it say? That seed sprouted, it grew, and it multiplied 30, 60, 100 times the original investment. When we sow into God's kingdom, the harvest will always be greater. For those that know me, have had a meal with me at my house in the last six months or so, one of the things that you'll know is that I love corn. That's why I keep using corn examples, because I love corn, right? Um, If you don't know much about corn, let me tell you, each corn kernel is actually a seed. Wow, that's amazing. On, on estimate, right, on a normal-sized corn kernel, which is the ear of corn, that's the one corn, there's an average of about 400 little pops on it, right? 400, okay? Uh, for me personally, they, they don't last at all. I just <laughs> smash it, right? Now, the idea of sowing is this. You take that one corn, If you were to take off the 400 seeds and then plant those 400 seeds in your farm, right? You watch it, you nurture it, you take the bugs off it, and then they grow. Each seed can grow into, will grow into a corn plant. And in that plant will come maybe four to five healthy corn cobs, right? Now, let's just say there's only four, okay? From each seed, one seed, how many seeds are you multiplying to? All right, come on, use your maths. Four times 400. 1,600. Did someone say 160? Okay, that's, okay, I'm just saying, man. It was from this way. I'm just saying, okay, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> Albert's putting up his hand. I don't know. <laughs> one seed can blossom into 1,600 seeds. That's amazing. That's why farmers are rich, right? That's why the Australian economy is still working, because we're a farming nation. One seed. One seed. You know, when we, when we sow into the things that God desires, then firstly, we should expect that what we sow will turn out to be what we reap. Secondly, we should expect that if we've sown it, that we should reap a harvest. And thirdly, when we sow, we should expect a multiplication of the initial seed. Three principles of sowing and investing. And the question comes back to this. It's not, are you sowing? I've said this. Everyone is investing. Everyone is already 24-7 investing into the important things in their life. The question tonight is this. What is important to you? What is it that is so important to you that you would invest your time, your talents, and your treasure? Why is it important for us to know this? Why is it important for us to know where we're investing? 
Because the Bible tells us that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. It's not just about where do my dollars go. It's not just about where does my time go. God is not just concerned with your time and your dollars. He's concerned about your heart. The question is not what is important for your dollars and time. The question is what is important that your heart goes there? What is important that your worship goes there? You know, the passage that says that, right, in uh, Matthew 6, you know, for, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. The passage tells us clearly, it challenges us, do not store up treasure on earth. Do not give your heart for the things on earth. Why? Because they're temporary. Because they can be stolen. They can be eaten up. Right? But what? Store up treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven, meaning this. Sow into kingdom things. Sow into eternal things. Invest beyond our life. Where are you storing up your treasure? Where are you investing your life? Where are you sowing into? James 4, 13, 15. And this is one of the greatest reality checks that we can all get. James 4, 13 to 15 reads this. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this uh, city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if, the, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. What is this life? And this is the question that, that James is asking, right? What is this life? that is so important to us, that we would invest everything that we have into. This life is but a mist, a dot, a smudge on the realm of eternity. Do you know that? Do you know that? This life that we live, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years, is nothing compared to the rest of of eternity, and yet we give all of our heart into making this life great. And the Bible challenges us. Why? It's like doing renovations on your house, even though you know that tomorrow it's going to be demolished. It's like taking paintings off the wall of your house, going to a holiday house and starting to put up paintings on your holiday house, even though you're only going to be there for three days. Why are we investing into the temporary things of this world when eternity waits? That's the question that the Bible asks. You know what it's like to invest into this world? It's like investing your life into a sandcastle. Now, the weather's getting warmer, and so we're starting to, you know, get encouraged to go out to the beach. 
I don't know if, when's the last time you made a sandcastle. The most frustrating thing you can do in life is make a sandcastle. Like invest like 30 minutes into making a sandcastle. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. You can make a two-story, three-story, four-story, seven-story. You can do whatever you want with that sandcastle. It just takes one wave. <laughs> Gone. Lucky if it's a wave. Last time I built a sandcastle, and I remember this very clearly, I invested 30 minutes of my life building a sandcastle just to have some little snotty kid run straight through it because he wasn't watching. I nearly went to jail that day because I nearly punched that kid in the face. You know, like, that's what it's like, but to invest our, life in, our lives, our time, energy, and effort into this life. When we know that the wave's coming, when we know that after a certain amount of years that this life is going to finish, why are we doing that? But when we give into the eternal things, sowing into the eternal things, sowing into God's kingdom that goes beyond this life, then what we're doing is, as the Bible says, we're storing up treasure for us in heaven. Now, I don't know about you, I'd like to enjoy treasure for eternity and not just for the next, you know, optimistically 50 years, realistically maybe 30 years. I'd rather enjoy it for eternity. We are trusting in God's mighty hands for provision in this life as we sow into His kingdom. 2 Corinthians 9.10 reads this, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. What's this verse mean? It means that it's all up to God. Can I tell you this with a very serious note? You will wake up tomorrow morning and you will breathe, and you will live your day tomorrow, not because of science, not because of your financial security, not because you got a good night's rest, not because you're healthy. You will wake up and live tomorrow because God allowed that, because God gave you life, because God gave you breath. You know, it's, a bi- it's one of the biggest lessons that we learn as parents with our children, how little control we have over their lives. As a parent, you want to protect your children, especially when they're sick. It's the worst thing when they're sick, you know. They don't sleep at night. They're all snotted up in their nose. You know, they wake up every two hours. And you know what you can do as a parent? Nothing. We think that we can control and protect our kids. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. We are all but in the hands of God and God himself. So who are you going to trust in? Who are you going to trust in in this life? Who are you going to invest in? You're going to invest into to measly dollars and cents? You're going to invest into things of this world that can't even wake you up tomorrow morning? Think about the seeds that we have in our lives. We all have them. Time, energy, treasure, finance. Where do you want to sow those? Where do you want to entrust them? 
See, I believe God's calling us to trust Him. God's calling us to trust Him with our lives. God's calling us to trust Him with our dollars and cents, with our time and our energy. God's saying to us, hey, sow into me and my kingdom. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of your day-to-day. I'll take care of your food. I'll take care of your health. Trust me. Invest into me. Bet on me. I'll look after you. Friends, when we sow into God, think about those three principles, right? We reap what we sow. So when we sow into God, what do we get? We get more of God. We sow, and after we sow, we reap. When you sow into God, we will reap more of God. And when we sow into God, there is a principle of multiplication. That God's provision for us, in whatever shape or size it might be, multiplies. Now, it might not multiply in dollars and cents, so don't get excited. You know, don't think that I'm suddenly, you know, going down prosperity. But God will give you more and more and more of what you need. Maybe not what you want, but He definitely will give you more of what you need in your life. We believe in increase. We believe in provision because we believe that our God is greater than any of our needs, that we cannot outgive the most generous being in the universe, and that it is better for our lives to be in God's hands rather than our own bank accounts. That's what we believe. My question to you tonight is this. Is this what you believe? Is this what you believe? Do you believe that giving is an act of worship? Do you believe that giving is an act of obedience? Do you believe that giving is an act of trust? Do you believe that giving is an act of sowing into the future? Because I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to put your money where your mouth is. I'm going to ask you to put your treasure where your heart really goes. Now, if you don't believe this, that's fine. Keep your own money. Trust me, you'll need it. You know? If you're banking on your own bank account, have, keep all the money you need. Because that money's not going to take you that far. But if you really believe that as we give, that we connect with God, and that we really believe and trust that God will take care of us, then I'm challenging you. Put your money where your mouth is. Don't just say this. Don't just nod your head and go, amen, that's a great sermon. No. I'm saying, go beyond. Go beyond head, heart. Start moving with your hands. I pray that we would become good sowers. I pray that we become good investors with the seeds that we have. And I pray that as we believe that that God provides, that when we sow, that God would not just provide for us, but He would multiply into our homes, into our families, into our faith, and into the church and into the future. Let's pray.